You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me and this is your boy, Omega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Today, we're talking some indie comic goodness. Based on the following casework, ooh, we're going to start getting some detail. I mean, homie here is a writer at Arcane Inc. Industries. Don't you love that name? So far, dig it. I mean, homie is an independent creator. He's just killing it. He has made his return to Kickstarter. Oh, snap. We're going to get the deets on that, too. Let me introduce this amazing writer, creator, the one, the only, the uber-talented Mr. Jack Holder. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Al. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's great to be here with you. Brother, thank you for coming on, man, because I see you got some awesome comic goodness. Shout out to Big Kev, Inc. Studios out there. Yo, yeah, 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 doing y'all thing. So, Kevin, thank you for connecting me with Mr. Holder right here. We're going to get into it, though, because I love the, the picture here when they send me it. Jack Holder returns to Kickstarter with the new season. Like, whoa, that sounds like this is a legendary creator that has been bossing Kickstarter since its inception, apparently. So we're going to get some deets on that. But let's start with the origin story, Jack. I need to know, homie, where you from? Where you hail from? Where you born at? Oh, so uh, I was, I'm about as pasty-faced white boy as you're probably going to find. <laughs> uh, born in Wisconsin, and but I've spent almost 30 years of my life just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, so uh, I don't like, I'm not born and raised, but I've been raised up around Beantown, and uh, I've... I graduated high school here. I got my master's here. I met my wife and married here. Hey, so Boston been good to you. Boston's (laughs) been great to me. And last year, I used to live in Blackstone. I used to live in Blackstone, Massachusetts. There we go. That's I know. Everyone worth knowing has spent some time in Massachusetts. Yeah, brother. Let me tell you. uh, Thanks to Massachusetts, I discovered Beef Barn. Oh my God. I so miss a beef barn. They don't, that does not exist in Florida. And if you have not been to a beef barn, Jack, please go to a beef barn. <laughs> Some dope-ass little steak sandwiches. Oh, my God. So delicious. We've got those. And, you know, you get just outside the city. Then you get to the farm-to-table uh, restaurants that are all around Ooh, up here. Yeah. And they're right next to homebrew distilleries. So you'll get, like... Hi, we made this barbecue sauce with the rum that we made. <laughs> yeah. Site. Like, yeah, let me oh. tell you, in Massachusetts, there's no way you could walk out in a straight line of out of any restaurant or place you go to. Because let me tell you, they, it is good cooking. And hell yeah, they love to pass the liquor. <laughs> I dig it. So, kiddo, talk to me then. You growing up then, I mean, how, how young were you when you moved to Mass? The family moved to Mass? Three. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Okay. So So what's yeah. Wisconsin? <laughs> well, I look at Wisconsin now, I'm like, hey, you gave me a, an addiction to cheese. It only took three years, but after that, 
I am happy just to be here with my seafood and my Irish whiskey. That, oh my god, yeah, bro! I can't, I can't mess with you then, bro. Uh, that, all that means, folks, is that Jack will drink me under the table. Apparently, I cannot mess with that, that, that whiskey, boy. That shit is dangerous. You know, I'm mega on that. So, talk about then growing up. Um, did you? Who got you loving pop culture? Was it mommy, daddy, Titi, a friend, or was it self discovery? How did you even get acclimated into this wonderful world of pop culture? Oh, it was such a weird. Uh, well, my, my parents were both, uh, are both big, just book readers, fantasy books. And so, um, uh, I was growing up, uh, they got me the first Harry Potter when it came out in 97. I was seven years old. You have a first edition. I have a second edition, which is still pretty, what the heck. Yes, it is. And... I, I grew up loving fantasy, but it was always books. Uh, and, oh, yeah, you're not going to get involved in comics. There's not going to be some amazing pop culture revolution coming around at turn of the millennium. And then, <laughs> then X-Men starts happening. Then Spider-Man starts happening. I'm, yeah. I get into college, uh, 08, just as Robert Downey Jr., is kicking ass as Iron mm. Man, reviving his career. And I, I'm constantly being like that fantasy book nerd. But uh, 2012, uh, one of my best friends up at college is like, hey, you got to come down to the comic shop with me. There's this artist doing the signing for Angel and Faith. Uh, you oh, know, that spinoff cool. puppy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rebecca Isaacs. And I'm like, but I'm not really that into comics, uh, but screw it. It's just uh, 20 minutes away to this comic shop. And uh, when I say getting into things uh, weirdly, uh, my real introduction to comics was right there around that time. It okay. was 2011. Uh, and the reason I got into it was oh, I really want to start getting into reading some comics, reading some uh, mainstream comics, but I'm always intimidated. And Double Mid- Midnight Comics, the guys there are like, so by the way, DC is about to completely revamp their entire uh, lineup what with the new 52. <laughs> what and so, Yep. And I came in uh, to co- reading comics through the new 52. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God. God, this was such... Not all of it, because yes. for me, out of the new 52, my favorites, not for nothing, were Swamp Thing, Animal yep. Man, and Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. I was like, holy shit. You're talking Definitely about yeah. like death, everything started working together. I mean, yeah, Yannick Paquette on uh, uh, motherfucking Swamp... I mean, yo, it was just gorgeous. I thought that was the best of it. Obviously, we got introduced to Court of Hours through New 52, so shout out to Snyder on that. You know what I mean? So bringing bring new stuff to the Batman mythos. So a lot of good things came out of New 52, I think. But I don't want to keep sitting on I mean, yeah, definitely no composite Superman. That was whack. You know, they had it, they had his whack stuff, but those three, Frankenstein, Swamp Thing, Animal Man, I was like, and then, and then you know, just as a nice, the fourth would be the Batman mythos. I think they, they did some cool shit there. Oh, yeah. And I would add uh, Demon Knights over there when they oh, were yes, yes. Magnificent Seven. 
Yes. Um, in a medieval fantasy, I'm like, oh, just give me, give me more books <laughs> like this. Yeah. Because it's so hard to find good medieval fantasy comics. Well, DC's the, trying right now. They're doing this whole medieval fantasy comic, you know, but with, with the Trinity. I forget the title, but it's current. Is it is it Dark Knights of Steel? I think it is. Yes, yes, yes I think it is. Yeah. yeah, they have that medieval Game of Thrones shit going on there. That's up your alley. I mean, for me, I've never even watched Game of Thrones. So, hey, who am I to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> People tell me, how dare you, Al? I'm like, you have to see that fucking wedding. I'm like, I will. Let me catch up. I just caught up to Pacific Black, my Transformers, you know, all the Marvel shows. It takes time, folks. I, I'm limited. I got to talk to amazing people like Jack. So cuts into my viewing time. <laughs> there's, there's too many things right now. Like, I, I'm sorry. There are way too many amazing things. Like, I have a nine-month-old. and Hey, I, congrats. Nine months. Little hold the web. Salute, kiddo. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not watching most of the bloodiest, goriest uh, cursing stuff until like nine o'clock at night. We're catching up on like way too many things. Uh, <laughs> it's a great time to be a nerd. Yes, it is. Uh, like, yes, it is. you have Wheel of Time going on right now. Robert Jordan's yeah, right? epic. At the same time, you've got Cobra Kai. Uh, it's fifth season. Who who would have thought that that shit was going to be so dope? I mean, I saw, I, I went into it happy season. I'm like, oh, wow. Because when I visit, I, I think you should notice if you are a convention person. But, I love Kwanzaa. I mean, yeah. ho- Homie was selling Cobra Kai since before Cobra Kai existed. And, and um, you know who I'm talking about? Johnny. Johnny's the, the, uh, the Zach yeah, yeah Zapka. Billy. So when he was selling to me Cobra Kai before it came out, he was telling me, yeah, I have this in the in the in the works. And then to see it like two years after he told me those words, I was like, oh shit, he did it. And then I just fell in love. My wife has not watched one episode. I'm like, yo, how could you not watch this karate kid? This is like epic, son. <laughs> I I honestly look at Cobra Kai and people probably look at it going, oh, it's Karate Kid stuff. It's not that intelligent. I'm like, this has some of the most brilliant writing and character development yes. I've ever seen. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because even with your villains, you understand them. But instead of going the whole CW crap of, oh, you oh. need to love the villains. Thank you. No, you... You're like, hey, I hate you. I understand you, but I I want to hate you. <laughs> Let me hate you. <laughs> and one of my favorite things that uh, both Karate Kid and Cobra Kai did that was absolutely amazing to me that no one does is actually interrogate what the hero does as well. Oh, yes. Because yes. you see that in all sorts of uh pop culture and all sorts of fiction the well it's okay because the hero did it and no it's not okay i'm a villains fan so you're talking to a villain over here i love villains i mean wait till i move from here because i've been taking them down but i'm gonna have about two shows worth of villainous characters more so than heroes because that's what i love I mean, they have the best arcs, and they really are just broken people trying to, you know, or characters, if you will, just trying to make their lives better. 
that's one of the things like I want to try and attack as well in my own writing and what I do because uh, we get into this problem for heroes where it's like, uh, why does someone break bad? I'm like, mm. well, why does someone stay good? Hell yeah. Les, Les Miserables, uh, Jean Valjean, you know, Hugh Jackman's yeah. character. Like, why, when you're consistently getting screwed, do you still try to do good? I'm like, that's my arc. That, and I, but there are some really great villains that you're like, oh my God, I want to learn more about. Lex Luthor, constantly. I'm, I want more Lex (laughs) Luthor. Have you ever read the miniseries, the Luthor miniseries that kind of like, yo, by the end of the story, what? Brian has the one by the end of it, you kind of see how tight it, how tied in yep. Lex Luthor is to the House of L. Yeah. That shit fucked me up when I read that. Luthor. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is sick. And no and, and what a twist. You know, at the end. Kind of okay. So the House of L represents. Yeah, read it, folks. <laughs> that shit is wild, let me tell you. Wild. But I dig it because I think villains need that type of story. I mean, they're the most interesting. Out of Heroes get boring. Especially like you said, when we don't dive into the whys of why they're doing what they do, it gets very fucking boring. Oh, all right, just because it's justice. What the fuck is justice? Justice is very black and white. And actually, it's actually very gray. <laughs> That's what it is. It's very gray. One of the things I... I think we have such a big problem with heroes, especially in like the big two comics is because they do justice, which really just means status quo. Yeah. And because these major houses don't want to change anything. They want to keep every uh, major uh, comic going on as close to reality as possible, which means we're not going to actually dive into change the world sort of thing which is why books that are from from more of the indies like even just image invincible hey we're going to change the world and we're going to deal with changing the world suddenly the hero becomes a lot more interesting yeah oh hell yeah because you're not literally the placeholder the i'm gonna make sure everything stays right where it is because that's what a hero's job is superman's job isn't uh to fix the world no it's It's to it's to keep mayberry mayberry (laughs) i love it love it everything going on and so you'll have these brilliant writers come along and go hey let's challenge john stewart about what and hal jordan how they're intergalactic cops, but they're not actually helping anywhere here at home. No, no, I mean, John Stewart's arc, I mean, he, he destroyed a fucking planet and killed millions of, of uh, species, if you will. I'm not going to call them people because they were aliens, so yep. I'm not, I can't use that. Uh, but they, he killed, you know, millions of species on the planet, if, if you read that that story arc with John Stewart. So he really has the one of the biggest redemption arcs. I mean, I know how Jordan was fucked up, but I don't think how Jordan destroyed a planet. <laughs> Oh, no, oh Jack is thinking like I know I already been fucked up, but I don't think he can destroy the planet. I'm like, well, Parallax was pretty screwed up, and uh, depends on how you describe. Oh yeah, Parallax was a fucked up, awesome character too. 
mean, wouldn't he be like the, the ultimate boss for the Yellow Lanterns? <laughs> right? You know oh. what I mean? <laughs> yes. So many stories there to be told yet. So let's get into it, Jack. Here we are. We're diving into our fandoms and stuff. But this is about you. Um, talk to me about when you started taking creative steps. Because here you are, because you just made me feel old. Like, you didn't get into comics until 52. And here I am, my old ass, been collecting comics since, like, 82 and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so talk to me about you taking those creative steps. And even before that, did you have a tribe while you were growing up in Mass? Did you find like-minded kids? Or were you kind of with the lone wolf? I was totally the lone wolf. Mm. Uh, it, you know how it is. Like people, I, I know I'm young. I'm 32. I'm still young by oh, yeah, yeah, standards. Baby, brother, forget about it. But I do want to tell people who were born after 2000. Hey, when you were a fantasy or a comics nerd uh, back in the day, just like late 90s, early 2000s, you were by yourself. Like, you were not the popular kid. If I had rolled into high school in a Deadpool <laughs> sweatshirt or a, super, a a Superman sweatshirt and the movie wasn't about to show up, there were going to be comments. If I showed up in a Lord of the Rings cloak, even with the movie going on, I was getting my ass beat. Oh, wow. Not me. I mean, look at my mug growing up in New York. Like, yeah, fuck with me. I'm like, go ahead. I'll beat you with my comic. Well, as I read it, as a matter of fact. Oh, but I grew up in a culture in the 80s where I was lucky. Going back to 86, which is my earliest memory, I actually had a tribe in elementary school. Wow. Going into junior high school. Going into high school where my me and my boy were cut, especially when images came out. And we had a local shop. We were like, yo. We got to get there before anybody gets out. So we were a cut class to pick up. <laughs> everybody, I graduated high honors too. So I wasn't a stupid motherfucker, trust me. But I knew when to cut. And you know, me, except my boy, he would always get caught. I would see the door open and the door close. And then he comes out the other door. And all I hear from him, run, security. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I've always had. Awesome stuff. So you know, so you unfortunately didn't have that, huh? I did not. Oh uh, man. I really started developing that sort of tribe stuff after with the uh conventions once I oh, actually started getting what was your first convention? I need to know now. My first convention, uh honestly, was Massive Comic Con uh two thousand sixteen. Whoa, uh, wow, you a fucking newbie, even conning. My god. <laughs> I oh. I tried to dive as much headfirst as I could in, but uh, and I wanted to actually see it before I started selling books at con tables. I'm like, I need to actually know what I'm getting into. So you wanted to start creating even before you knew what the industry was. Exactly. Wow, bro. All right. I need now. Nah, we need to get into that, baby. You know, because we're gonna follow this arcade ink industry. We're gonna get into the creation of this baby. So talk to me about those creative endeavors when you first started taking them. What inspired it, and how did it feel when you first took those steps? Oh, golly. Uh, like, I was invo involved in trying to do uh, writing way before I got into comics. Okay. Middle school, like 2003, 2004, I'm uh, reading Aragon by Christopher Paolini. Oh, like, damn. It's, yeah, this 
big old a Bible <laughs> epic fantasy of a book. And I'm reading this, my 12, 13-year-old uh, behind going, man, this is really interesting. I wish I could write something like this. And you get to the back and it's like, and it's written by this kid named Christopher Paolini. And by kid, he's 19. I'm like, what? Yeah, that first He wrote book. that at 19? Exactly. And I mean, so- but if you think about it, probably 17, 18 by the time he got it done. Holy shit. And wow. uh, self-published. Because, God bless. And so I'm looking at this going, okay, if he's doing this, that really gave me permission to start figuring out that sort of thing. So fast forward to uh, mid-2010s, and I'm starting to try and get my own comic stuff uh, mm-hmm. out. I've been writing prose and novels for like almost a decade at this point. Oh, but damn. I love, I love uh writing comics it is such a different beast and it's a collaborative thing so talk that, to me how so yeah. different is it from prose then oh golly uh like he goes <laughs> holy shit are you really have time for this on the show today <laughs> i'm gonna uh just condense it down because that's what it is it's the premium of space and pages anyone in the comics industry will know that every uh extra page can cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars to both to uh, produce and to print. Like you really want to make sure that uh, anything you can pack into uh, two pages, don't make it three pages. If you can put it in one, put it in one. If you can put it in half a page and you're always condensing it down. So how did you learn that though? Because here you are, you're telling me you're coming from a prose world, stepping into comics. I mean, what was that learning curve like? It actually felt comforting and releasing. I'm one of those weird fantasy guys that I'm like, okay, I don't like six-page descriptions about a tree. I would really not. I would like to get into the fun magic, and I'd like to get into the battle. You want to get it done. Get, get into wanna, it. Yeah. Uh, I love. You sound to... like a typical man, right? Hey, just get it done, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so once I started getting into comics and like, hey, the description here is for the artist. It's not for the audience. Gosh. It became so much easier. And then I could focus on writing really crisp dialogue, not nice. focusing on, oh, I need to fill in more pages. Oh, I need to talk about the smell of the cave. No, I need to be, uh, I need to be developing my relationship with my artists to ensure that this is the best book possible because that's, what's going to do it a lot more than giving someone a 50 page script for a 24 page comic. So talk about that. Um, Cause again, you have this Kickstarter project folks. Yes. Arcane Inc. Streets. I fucking I love that goddamn name. All right. I mean, homie got a project out right now. It is funded, but he got 64 hours to go. So let's get her get her done, folks. I'm gonna be showing the project off in a minute. <laughs> but but I want to talk about what the image says here. It says Jack Holder returns the Kickstarter with a new series. So talk to me about that crowdfunding, um, your first steps in it, and any learning curves for people that are also trying to learn. How to crowdfund because it looks like you've been doing this like a pro for a minute. So talk to me. 
Absolutely. So uh, my first project uh, there, unfortunately, human, uh, I like to describe it as both uh, a great success and a monumental failure. Why? Uh, What happened? Well, we didn't, the books, the book didn't get made. Oh. Uh, So we, we funded and it was with an artist that I was going to, uh, we did a six page ash can. It was my first comic ever. I'm like, yes, we're going to make a full 24 page comic and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And, uh, the artist just dropped off the map and it was after, and I learned and it's true. A lot of people, you do learn a lot, uh, about yourself and a lot of tips for the industry, uh, through your mistakes. Like I, had paid him way too early, so I couldn't recover that. Oh, fuck. Exactly. I ended up having to refund everyone there. Oh. And so uh, it was like Damn. pretty much a $2,000 loss for me. Which... Oh, my God. $2,000 for, for a starving artist. That shit is not fucking it, easy money, man. For real. I it, get it. It hurt. And wow. uh, so I ended up going... Back to doing a lot more with novels and short stories. I got them illustrated, and you got a bad taste in your mouth after that a little bit, huh? Exactly. I wanted oh. to almost do a reset for myself and get myself to a point where uh, I not only could I trust uh, an artist to do good work, but I could trust myself to have the business smarts and yeah. actually set everything up. So and what was so, that learning curve like then? It was it, it was rocky. Uh for people mm. coming into Kickstarter uh for the very first time, it's going to seem daunting in the comics and in the comic side of Kickstarter, there's anywhere between two to three hundred projects going on uh, literally all the time. Yeah. And you're going to be uh when you're starting off, you're like, all right, I really want to just raise like a thousand dollars and you're going to be up against and you're, it's going to feel like you're up against the people who are making three hundred thousand dollars in their campaigns. And they're doing amazing variants and they worked with everyone. I'm like, you're what you're really trying to figure out uh, with Kickstarter is. How do I develop my audience before I hit that launch button? Mm. How do I actually get enough material together so I'm not coming out here going, hey, pay me uh, sight unseen for a book. Yeah. Basically, you're and, not behind the curve. You're trying to get ahead of it and make sure that they know, like, this, this is going to get made. Exactly. And uh, since that Unfortunately Human uh, book, Every single one of my Kickstarters and one Indiegogo, uh, every single one of them is funded. And uh, all the books have either been made or they're in production right now. Like I've got uh, one issue for a different comic series uh, that the book should be arriving in like the week, within the week. Woo! Look at you kicking ass. Wait a minute. So you have one that you're shipping and then you're doing another one already? Homie don't play, son. <laughs> I like this was this was this year for me for Kickstarters. Like I've got 
I had the first issue for an epic fantasy series, uh, Legends of the Realm. We had uh, the fourth issue here for the following casework that's going on right now. Yes, we're it is. To do, I almost saw that baby. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do, uh, and I'm hoping to do three more uh, for uh, before the end of the year. And three I'm, more. It's I love it. you know how it is. Uh, sometimes you just gotta get all your ducks lined up in a row, and you take your shot. Homie is not playing, folks. He's keeping it real for real. All right. So I definitely do want to show some some, some stuff because he got this dope project out right now. Right. So if, let's start getting into this, the project now, because I need people to start sending you money. Because you can see this is an amazing independent creator. Real talk. You know what I mean? So, folks, you guys got to see this. Oh, my God. Look look already with the art. Jesus Christ. You're, you're killing me already. Just on that initial page. But, folks. Check out to the trailer to this amazing Kickstarter project going on right now. You're going to want to throw your money behind this. Trust me. All right. So check it out, folks. It's dope. Woo! What is the difference between the magical and the miraculous? When does faith become poison? And how does one find truth in a world that bends reality to suit the needs of the powerful? Hi, my name is Jack Holder, and I am so happy to return to the following casework with our fourth Kickstarter in this exciting series. Come with us and dive into an urban fantasy of faith in the 21st century. Gods as we know them have all disappeared from the face of the earth. But in the world of today, belief is making a comeback. For Titatis' time, it is a time to see wonders and the new faces of divinity. For those around him, faith and magic bring their own sets of trials, tribulations, and pains. If you haven't had a chance to jump into the following casework, I can't wait to welcome you into this world. It is similar to the one we walk through every day, filled with new tales of wonderment. You'll meet Bev, a punk elf, hoping to find her place in a world that doesn't want to believe in magic. There's Grace Hitchens, a schoolteacher who wants to be believed in less and less. And Titus, a man who sees the world for all his beauties and stains. There are a ton of amazing books that you can add. From the prose works to new fantasy and faith comics, all produced by yours truly. So make sure you reserve your copy of the following casework today. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoy this series. Many blessings to you today. Hey! And Jack just hit me on the side. He's like, oh my God, do I hate watching myself. And not for nothing, so do I. I hate watching myself, too. Sometimes, like, oh, my God. Al, shut the fuck up. Who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, So talk to me. Tell me the story and all, bro, because this actually looks like a real kick-ass project. Talk to me about the the whole inspiration and everything, because this baby is live right now on Kickstarter. And, folks, I need you to see this. Look how dope this is, right? He seeked 1884 out of a $1,500 goal. Congratulations for getting funded. Salute to you. 
I mean, with 78 backers, he got 64 hours to go. So, folks, you better start opening that wallet and start making it rain. So, talk about it. What 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 is the story about? Who are the characters in the story in the following casework? Is this what I think it is? Talk to me. All right. So, uh, the following casework is I like to call it urban uh, mythological fantasy. Uh, here, so the premise is two thousand years ago, all gods disappeared from the face of the earth, okay. uh, but the power of belief doesn't just go away and it's been building and building and building. And now uh, in the 21st century, it's just started to explode into new gods. Uh, so the following as in like Twitter followers casework, uh, you have our two main characters, theological investigator T Titus time, who's constantly uh, go- he's going from, Unexplained phenomena. Uh, What's his first name, though? Because you got T, Titus, Time, Triple T. Oh, yeah. shit. Yo, dangerous. <laughs> T to the third power. I can already see the signature. I love it. <laughs> exactly. He's he's that strange mix of, like, Fox Mulder uh, and uh, the doctor from Doctor Who. Just, I'm really excited about investigating uh, all these things. Uh, because I really want to believe. Next to him is a punk elf hacker named Bev. And magic exists in this world, but it knows that it kind of has to hide from humanity. So you have Bev, who's just walking around going, all right, I'm with this guy just to help him out. He pays my rent, and I just need to make sure that he doesn't die. That is... It's one of those like boss uh, employee relationships where she's the one in charge more often than not. Well, I mean, in real life, isn't she always more uh, in charge than than us? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're married, but hey, this is. Fun. I am married. She is more often in charge, yeah. and that's because she's more often right. I'm yeah, not you, saying she's you're the pauper. Right. You you you're just you're just a yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I get it, man. As a 27-year veteran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, listen, guys, believe you. That shit oh, yeah. that Steve Harvey used to say, happy wife, happy life. I used to be counter to it, but if you're counter to it, that means you're not going to be happy. So be happy. There's <laughs> 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 how my homie keeps doing Arcane Inc. Street. I, yo, I cannot get over that name. I just love it. Anyway. We're going to get into that origin story, too. But talk about the, uh, the the characters in this book that we need to start throwing our wallet at. Actually, let me take my wallet out of my pocket now, because let me just throw it to the screen and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, with uh, this book, uh, these two characters, Tyus and Bev, are investigating a new phenomena that uh, happened in Connecticut Small church uh, up in the backwoods of Connecticut. Yes, that actually exists. People who uh, <laughs> don't know New England. Yes, there are some backwoods places there that you would not believe. You would think, like, isn't this modern times? Yo, I lived in Mass. Trust you me. <laughs> There's some shit going on there. New England is one of those really weird places. So it is. People, it's like 
oh yeah, it's just yuppie liberals all no. living around Boston going to Harvard. I'm like, you have never been to New Hampshire. You never been. I mean, and, and, and anybody that even says that about New York, you never been. Shut <laughs> up, yo! Like, yo, you don't have no idea. I think you say that shit. You lucky if you get home. <laughs> <laughs> And so with the following casework, small church struck, uh, the altar is struck by lightning seven times. Seven and times. Seven times. So and I love that number because that, that, that's a significant number there too. Exactly. Hey, hey, I like what you're doing. I already see it. <laughs> and so you have Titus and Bev, uh, investigating this. Bev's like, it's obviously magic. And Titus is like, it's the advent of a new god. Ooh. Uh, so is, is, is it really that in, in your world, in your universe, you know, the whole diverse? So <laughs> when events happen like that, it means it's the birth of something new? It can be. Ooh, so crazy. The second Love issue uh, opened up, like, really hard. So, like, we had a one-shot... And this is, uh, this fourth issue, it's confusing, is the third, <laughs> uh, is part three of four for Saving okay. Grace. And, uh, issue one opens hard. Uh, it was in the Kickstarter preview for it. It opens with a school shooting. And. Oh, damn. You're trying to fuck around, bro. Like, get people's yeah. emotions involved. Um, and look at this beautiful art. So I can't wait to talk about your artists and everything. Look at this. Oh, love <laughs> the art. Uh, like I can talk about the artist right here. That this is Lucas Santos, uh, who did pencils and inks. Shout out, Lucas! Where, mano? And he's down in Brazil. We we found each other through you know one of those online work for hire uh sorts of things. And but it was one of those. Hey, you're amazing! I took uh the first issue down to Terrificon. Uh. Ooh. Down, down in Mohegan's yeah. Sun. Yeah, uh, Metallic, man. We're trying to get in there this year, too. <laughs> and that was the year that Tom King, while he was writing Batman, uh, was there. So I gave him a copy. I didn't give him a copy. I wanted to give him a copy. Okay. But Tom King wouldn't accept a free Why? gift. So he, he doesn't. He's like, writers don't union. give books. I buy books. Hey, yo, sal- yo, bro. Why does Tom sound like me? I've had people say like, yo, what's your shipping address? I like, can't you just send me a PDF or you want to send me something? I'd rather you sell that because in the world of indie, printing is not cheap. Printing so it's like, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's not. And it's what it kind of breaks and my just- heart. While I, I love the offer. Let me tell you, I would, I, I'm a, I'm a physical man, if you could tell <laughs> from my mm-hmm. background, but. When it comes to independent creators, I know what that costs you. Give me that PDF that's just a digital file. I would so much rather you sell those books to someone you know, and give it so it can land in a loving home, if you will. Not that it won't land in a loving home with me, but you know, but when you, when I'm not paying for it, I feel bad and guilty. I I didn't do this to get good free shit. I did this to celebrate people like you. And to help you sell books. So if you're giving me something, it's kind of counterproductive. You know what I mean? Exactly. I I will admit, I have given stuff away to, like, 
kids and the like, like Yo, kid, kids need this though. So exactly. that that's God's work because at the end of the day, this new generation doesn't like to read. They have a very short attention span. So we yeah. need to give them something to keep them in tune. Like, yo, this is made by a human. Human hands. <laughs> Appreciate it. I mean, look how gorgeous this is. This is not fucking computer work, people. Look at this. This right here, I was so happy to... Uh, it's gorgeous. And look it. at the panels. Oh, my God, bro. You got one, two, three, four, five, six panels on one page i mean throwing throwing me back to old school i know you were reading comics before my day and age but i'm just saying you're throwing me into the old school you have an old school soul jack is that on purpose it is a little on purpose because i i love just uh i want to make every page uh tell its own story in Mm. a sense like you always want uh, the ending of a comics page to be like the ending of a major thought. Like, oh, deep, love it. And yeah. so, I I will admit, uh, working with artists, I love giving them full page splashes. Giving uh, giving an artist a full page splash and saying you get to have some fun on this, and like making something that could be a print or a t shirt. That, that is pretty sweet, uh, but you also want to make sure, uh, because once again, we're getting into that economy of space, uh, and you want to make sure that the full story is being told. And this is where having a really good editor comes handy. <laughs> All right. I love that. You, you know, not many people bring up editors. So... How important was that to you to have an an OG official editor on your project? Uh, editors make everything better. Uh, Ooh, there you go, folks. Look for editors. Well, here are the two jobs that uh, that are the most thankless and the most essential for uh, people. Uh, writers, because you're going to be footing those bills. Listen up. These are the things <laughs> you can skimp on. Editors... And here's the number one job that you think you can do yourself, and you're wrong. Lettering. Oh, talk, talk, bro. Because, yeah, so true. I, I spoke to Janice Chang, and she's talking about how lettering itself is an art form. Lettering is an art form. I have used uh, the same guy. I have now done, oh, my God, I've... Uh, I don't know how many comics projects I have now gone. I now have gone up into double digits in in terms of comics projects across like Ashcan short story and full comics issues. Uh, I have used Micah Myers uh, throughout all of them. And uh, he's worked with Myers. He has worked with Boom. He has worked with Dynamite. He has worked with Image. And Wait, how did you land him? Holy shit. Look at it's, you. Work, it's the bane of the uh, industry. Uh, letterers can do really fast work, which means sometimes they're like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. I need to keep looking around. And Micah and I now have this relationship because he and I have been Beautiful. working together for four years 
uh, five years where I'm like, hey, I need this full comic uh, lettered in like a week. He'll be like, yeah, I'll get it to you tomorrow. Wow. What? Because, <laughs> because he's got everything set up. Lettering is one of those things where it's uh, like one part uh, doing the new lettering, 10 parts relying on the amount of fonts and styles that you've already built throughout the course of your career. Yeah. And you'll see this, you'll see it at comics conventions uh, while you're strolling through artist alley, you'll pick up someone's book and you'll be like, the artwork looks amazing. And the story is probably intriguing too. And it's a great cover and you open it up and you're like, I can't read it. I, I literally cannot read it. You have made this illegible. And if I can't read a book, I'm not going to buy a book. Yeah, it, it, that's the truth. It, it, listen, letterers, inkers, everything. Every is every small part of a comic book is so important to the overall look and value that it presents to people. I mean, it's a presentation, yo. So make sure you make that presentation look as crisp as possible, people. It's very important. Because and let me talk about this because, I mean, you got this project, but then you know you're a vet. What is Return to Bethel? What is the scroll? The digital following? The arcane follows the scroll set. My God, like yo, bro, how much work have you done in this time? I mean, you made me feel old, but then I'm seeing you work. I'm like, damn, bro, you're a vet. What's up? So I have been indie publishing since 2017 now. Woo! Wow! Uh, Congrats, my brother. Five yep. years in the business. This is, this is the five fifth year. Uh, and through it all, I've uh, put together uh, a fairly respectable uh, body of work. I, I have uh, three uh, print books uh, that are short story and novel i've yeah. got a four book series of which that's going to be the next project on kickstarter to actually get the print run for it uh, put together uh this will be four issues with uh the following casework i've got two issues uh a graphic novella and the first issue for legends of the realm and i edited two uh giant interfaith comics anthologies why faith and the great commandment uh, so between all of those, uh, and you know how it is, you're five, you're at this point where you're like, I'm just getting started. Yep. I'm slowing down a bit right now, but that's because I'm a stay at home dad. And <laughs> it's like, uh, it used to be, you know what? I want to write 2000 words a night. Uh, now I'm like, I want to write 2000 words. Week, in a week, not a month. <laughs> hey man, you salute to you for being that stay-at-home dad because dealing with the kiddies ain't easy. So I get that, yo, especially when they're so young as yours. So salute, you know, to to, to the little holder because I already see little holder making comics in the future. Hey, every day with her is a joy. Every day with her makes. Oh, me so you're a girl me. daddy, just like I am. Yeah. Hey, me too. My my little princess graduated high school. I mean, graduated college. Oh, just the other day. Yeah, wait till you get there. I was a mess, and you're gonna laugh at this, Jack. There was this gentleman in front of me the whole time, and I told wifey, "Oh my God, I think I'm gonna ball when I see her get her diploma." So this dude says, "Really? I'm gonna record you. Do you mind?" 
little did I know that he's one of the teachers at Fusei University that actually posted this shit on his web, uh, uh, on his YouTube channel with Al Mega crying up a storm. Like, oh my God, yo, Jesus, yo. I was in tears. But again, yo, I don't give a fuck. I'm very proud of my little baby. And, um, wish nothing but greatness for her. Uh, she, the, she's not involved in this side of the world yet. But when I, when I started introducing her to awesome people like you, cause she does design work. She would rather work in music, but I'm like, you have no idea what else you could do. <laughs> if you're in graphic design, you can basically write your own ticket uh, yeah, and go into right. any any field you want because uh, there are so many untapped uh, potentials. Uh, in my line. Hi. Uh, everyone needs a professional designer. Yeah. Everyone. You want to go to a, an accounting firm and uh, help set up their website. They will pay through the nose for yeah. that. Jack, you got to see when I show her some of my images and I do it on purpose just to be like, baby, what do you think about this? And she gives me this look. Nah. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Damn, yo. Fucking my harshest critic. But at the end of the day, I appreciate the shit out of that. Because I didn't um, get that education. So... Thank you for telling me it's not up to par and watch how I fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, oh, I, yeah. I'd rather have that. I, I love having that honesty in the family of people that are telling me, nah, no, that don't look good. Because when people celebrate you constantly, are they be being honest with you? No. Like, yeah, my I know wife, you need the motivation, but you know, let's yeah, be my wife does, the, she does almost like a give and take going. Okay, what does he need right now? Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Get on the honesty 100% of the time. That's what we need as creators. I tell my family this shit all the time. Some of them tell me, like, yo, Al, you're too loud. But guess what? People love me being loud, so I can't change that part. <laughs> She'll give me positive honesty. I'll, I'm one of those creators who's going to, like, sit down and uh, cry and say, hey, Everything I've done is terrible and I'm not great. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. You don't suck. Stop it. Yeah, yo, that's, yeah, salute to Lady Holder, Weppa. You better let Jack know that he's the boss. I mean, when, when somebody said Jack Holder returns to Kickstarter, I mean, holy fuck. All right. It's like you're a legend and a boss in this. But before that, I mean, the following has nothing to do with Kevin Bacon, or does it? No. Okay, great. I just want to make sure because he added the following show and I don't want people mixing this up with anything. Alright? And let's talk about these tiers because people could support this amazing project for as low as five bucks and get as high as, whoa, 165, which obviously you're selling, you're giving them the, 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 the house and the bank right there. Pretty so talk much. Talk about the pledges, bro. Talk to me. Talk to me, kiddo. With all of these, it's uh, finding new ways uh, and which areas of our books that you want to dive into. Like, hey, I've already got uh, the first three issues of the following casework, but I want to make sure that I've got uh, this next one perfect. Maybe you're this is your first time stepping in and you want to get all of the following casework Woo! or our, all of our series, uh, both following casework and legends of the realm 
jumping all the way up to like, hi, you want uh, not just all of those. You want uh, Why Faith in the Great Commandment. You want every comics thing that I've got here. That's that's what we're offering here. And that's one of the things I love about constantly returning to Kickstarter uh, is you keep developing your library. That uh, first successful one dealing with the apocalypse, I'm like scrambling trying to be be like, oh, God, what can I say? The book. (laughs) I am. Yeah, I have nothing. I will give you like a special shout out. Great. I will. God, I'll shout you out. Yo, let me sell this book, son. Come on. I love it. I love it. I mean, and the whole awesome thing about your uh, packages as well is it's not just digital. We're going to have physical because, again, you know, I'm an old school man, and I need my physical copy I could hold. I don't want to hold my tablet because energy runs out. Guess what? If I pick up a comic book, there's no battery attached. <laughs> I, I agree. And with comics, there's a different feel. Uh, one of the major reasons why I'm in love with my Kindle right now is because I can hold a baby in one hand and a Kindle in the other. Hey, I know. Like, I hey, okay, Kindle, enough, enough. And uh, chapter three says. Yep. <laughs> that has happened. I've been there, Kindle. Going like, and let me actually pull up this kid's book for you so I can read you to sleep because I can't bring, I can't bring your entire library, baby girl, on, uh, on the so- road. I, I want to ask before we go, because again, let me say how much I love the damn name, yo, for real. Arcane Ink Industries. <laughs> Talk to me. Is that your baby? When did you come up with this? And why this? I came, uh, this came about 2016. And it's one of the few times where I uh, stumbled upon a name. Uh, like, I think I was reading Terry Pratchett and Discworld where he got oh, really punny all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so I was having fun with uh, pun things, and I'm like, hey, Ink Industries, because I like to write a lot. And I'm like, oh. And so I texted it to my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and she's like, but you're terrible at names, Jack. How did you come up with this one? Ha, ah, damn, no credit at all. Like, good one, baby. It's like, damn. That's good, but you're horrible. How the hell? <laughs> Damn. Exactly. That's an honest lady right there. Much love to Miss Holder. Where if I... <laughs> Too honest, right? Sometimes. Oh, just the right amount all the time. Uh, <laughs> she she knows me too well. She knows just... I dig it. She knows which buttons to push. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, don't all our ladies. I've been married for a minute, man. Let me tell you, like, all right, you want me to trigger out? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> like they know what who you doing on purpose. Now that I know it's on purpose, I try not to react. <laughs> Twenty-seven years, folks. That's what it gets you. <laughs> he goes, "Oh damn!" Do what you say it like that? It's like you know, I don't know if the lady watching, but is that just too long? No, that is... He said, no, no! (laughs) I'm saying that going, that is impressive in this day and age. Yeah, well, I I met a wonderful queen that just understands me at times. Sometimes not, but, you know, that's relationships, right? Exactly. And that's how you talk and you commune, you converse, and you get it done. My wife and I both agree. Relationships are not perfect. They're work. 
They're just it's, worth it. Yeah, works in progress, but always worth it because, again, you know, when you have somebody adamant on your side, you know, that's a real partner. Like, you know, for you to be able to go to your lady and be like, mommy, what do you think? And she to be blatantly honest, no. <laughs> All right, that's real. Thank you. Because if you go to mommy, mommy will always say, I love it, kiddo. And you probably put in the worst effort out there. So thank you to Miss Holder for being real. Because, again, that is something that's very important for creators, I think. Absolutely. And I, she'll be embarrassed about this, but every time I'm like, it's not Ms., it's Dr. Holder. I always got to say that for her. Oh, she a doc? Eh, but She's Dr. a Holder. rocket scientist. All right. Doc, literal. Apologies. <laughs> Dr. Holder. I mean, that's right. And you hold that over him right now. Tell him you better get to oh, the yeah. doctorate of comics right now. Uh, come on, let, let's join me, Jack. We are doctor and of comics. <laughs> I do this because I am. I get to embarrass her with this all the time. Like, sh- she would probably be like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm like, no, no, no. You earned that doctorate. You yeah. are a rocket scientist from yeah. MIT. And not you- just that. Imagine that, though. Hi, look at me and my wife. She's a doctor. Yo, she's a rocket scientist. Oh, what do you do, Jack? Oh, I do comics. I make pretty words. Yeah, and and, and even in today's day and age, they're going to look at you like that. Like, wow. What? You do? Isn't that for kids? Now, and then, and that, that's when Al Mega will pull out the soapbox out of his ass <laughs> and be like, yo, motherfucker, this is what comics is. All right? So stop it. Stop judging. Um, but, bro. You nothing but an awesome guest, right? You got this awesome project. Let me bring this baby back up because, yo, I mean, people need to be reminded how close. I mean, you already did it, right? You done, you done did it. But I got to scroll a lot because he shared a lot in this. Check it out. He's at 1884 with $1,500 gold with 78 backers, 63 hours to go, folks. I mean, what would happen? Jack, if we get to 2000, would anything special happen? Uh, every backer is going to get two extra amazing indie comics. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, if we get if we get to 2000, we're going to get uh, works uh, Nightwolf number one from Rob Maltari and uh, Conceptual Heist number one. Folks, uh, right there, folks. Yo, let's get them to 2000. That way you could get those extra books. It's right there. You see it? Look, right there. Okay, my finger could only point so much, but there you go. Kickstarter projects, Arcane Inc. District. Oh, God. What, dude, that fucking name, bro. What, what happened when, when you told your wife Inc. Industries, though? Really? Besides just saying you really came up with this for yourself? I mean, what led to that word for you? What led to that word with Ink Industries was, uh, you know how uh, at, at the end of every like company name, it's either like limited or company. LLC, company, yeah, I get you. Yeah, exactly. So I would see like Arcane Inc, like Arcane Incorporated. And then I'm like, okay. Arcane, I-N-K. Ink. Oh! <laughs> and it's like, well, I-N, so it would be Industries. Oh, Ink Industries. And I'm like, damn, that actually would be interesting. 
Yes. Yo, listen, I'm a fan of this type of stuff. <laughs> where, where people's wordplay on things like this. So, yeah, yo, for real, you landed an Uber winner. When I saw it, I said, damn, that is so clever. I love it. So, good <laughs> kudos on you. I can't believe no one has used this before. I, and it, because no one's used it before, I'll be going to conventions and it'll be like, Arcane Industries, you're coming this way. I'm like, Arcane Industries is totally a different company, dude. Yeah, but if you want that, you know, buying, you know, nuclear weapons, that's elsewhere. This is Ink Industries. We're, we're going to bomb your mind with beautiful art <laughs> and words. That's what we do here at Ink Industries. So I dig it. My brother, so... Last words. What type of advice would you give any other Kickstarter creator trying, or even crowdfunding person trying to just step into the game? I mean, because here you are. You made me feel old from when you started, but but you've been kicking ass ever since you started. So salute to you on that. What type of words you have for anyone trying to step into the game too? I give this advice all the time, and every time it's true. Uh, it's don't be phony, but you got to be nice. Be nice to everyone. Uh, Al, you know this, especially in indie comics, this is a small industry. Yes, it is. And Don't be you, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like when I edited my uh, two anthologies, I have uh, probably close to 60 creators involved in these. Wow, two, really? 60? Oh, yeah. Wow. And two rules to find the, the entire uh, book. Uh, two books. Uh Quality of the art and the story always has to be up here. And don't be a dick. Like those from those two rules, we had we had atheists, we had Christians, we had Jews, Muslims, we had Dungeons and Dragons hey. in these two books, Everybody. all talking about their own faiths. But because they respected those two rules, people uh people buy these books. Because they know that the atheists aren't going to say, and all Christians are stupid. And they're not going to see Christian books that are saying, and this is how you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, that is all you need. Uh, it's not all you need. But with those two rules, uh, you start developing an amazing reputation online, which... Uh, means that uh, people will actually talk you up when uh, artists are like, hey, should I work with this guy? Oh, uh, yeah. They're willing to share your campaign a lot more and actually talk it up. And uh, you're not going to get bad articles written about you from like bounding into comics or ah, comic book yo, in, All right, thank you for bringing them up. I just want to say... Fuck you guys as well, because these motherfuckers even try to come up with some shit with us. Again, this is why your site is whack, people. Stop with the divisiveness and show love, all right? Because that's where it's at. Because I love talking to people like Jack. I love talking to everybody. And they hate that shit because they want to keep so close to their stupid narrative that it doesn't allow for real creative freedom, if you will. It's like, yo, shut up. You like what you like, and that's fine. But me, I'm here to celebrate creatives. Because I can't create a book like you, Jack. And, and like, yo, I'm in awe. Flower time. Thank you, Jack, bro, for, for just being ba brave and bold to put yourself out there, to put your creations out there, to, to even discuss it with your lady and be like, Mommy, what you think? 
you know, and for your lady being real, and just for all that, like you're a real person, you know, really trying to create some fun shit. So just thank you, thank you for wanting to take me out of the real world sometimes, and have a good read and good fun. That was makes people like you so special, my brother. So again, you know, bonding in the comics, people may send us some hate, but you know, guess what I could say to that, Thoma for you. All right, middle finger salute. To everybody that supports that website, because at the end of the day, if you read that shit, it's just trash because they, you know, they want to divide. I'm not about dividing. I'm about uniting. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, I mean, we're all working hard to create things for different people. And, you know, everyone could enjoy what they enjoy because comics are for everyone. If you don't like it, you shut the fuck up and talk about what you like. I mean, that's my opinion. You laugh, bro. But I always come off like this to people. Like, I don't give a fuck what you hate. Tell me about what you like. I'm not here to argue with you about you what you hate. I, I, I will give you a laundry list, but I, that's just a waste of my time and energy. Why should I talk about How about, this is what I like. How about you? That's it. And that's why I love it. So, my kiddo, last one here as well. Are you going to do any conventions this year? Can we see you anywhere? Can I get a signed copy? Can I get a signed copy of something from the Holdiverse? That's what I want to know. Oh, you absolutely can. Hey, where are you going to be at? uh, So first off, I try to sign most of the things uh, for Kickstarters just because. You do? Oh, Oh, that's dope. Awesome. Thank you. But if you actually want to hang out with uh, me and talk it up, uh, like, I just, I did four conventions in five weeks in what? April across uh, in Maine, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. It, Holy shit, bro! And you still not frazzled? Look at you! You look normal. Four <laughs> cons in five weeks—that's crazy. Which ones you did? Uh, I I did two new ones: uh, Retro Expo down in Tiverton, uh, Rhode oh. Island. Uh, Monster Expo halfway to Halloween, which was over in. Uh, New Bedford. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we did the Bangor uh, Comic and Toy Convention, which is going to be oh. in Portland next year. Okay. Uh, and we did Wicked, which is from the guys who... We did Wicked, yeah, but the OG founders of the Boston Comic Con did Wicked, a new show. And I they're going to do that again. That my, one was good. My brother, I was there when they sold that show. I was there the day they announced it. I was live on the floor like, holy shit, they sold the show. And then I also know who the people are behind that because as a Massachusetts, you know, person, not native, because again, I'm from New York, motherfuckers. Um, I'm a Yankee fan to the core and a giant fan. Don't hate me. Um, but you know, I went there. I know who the owners were. I was very excited for them because they made so much bank when they sold the show. But I'm also very happy that, you know, apparently X time could pass so you could start something else. <laughs> we had to so, run out non-compete. So. Yeah, and good for them, though, because from what I understand, my brother, they actually did a very comic-centric show. Finally, something that's missing. Wicked was extremely comic-centric. You had uh, people like Ron Mars, Tom Snagoski, John Murphy, uh, Sarah Richard. We've interviewed the first two. You you stated. (laughs) Good. And 
I'm excited that they're going to do it next year. Yay! As well. I mean, I really wish I was in mass because shit, yo, y'all killing it in the Northeast with cons. I'm here in Florida. I'm waiting for MegaCon in two weeks. We're going to have some Uber giveaways. So any independent creators watching right now, you included, if you want to send some stuff to get eyes on your goodies, we'll do giveaways. So send some stuff my way. Because we got giveaways for our fans in MegaCon Orlando to a Geek Fest, Film Fest, Comic Crusaders booth. We got goodies, yo. Let me t- we got technology, we got toys, and we got comics. Epa, get ready for There we go. Yeah, yo. So uh, we're going to be taking like May and June off from conventions. Get, okay. get, us, get us back to normal. Uh we are not going to be at San Diego. My daughter's birthday is July 23rd. Oh, and- yeah, yeah. You don't do that. I mean, last when I went in 2019, it was wifey's birthday weekend, but the fans paid for me to go. I'm like, baby, I, they need Omega San Diego. Can you <laughs> forgive me for this one? And she forgave me, and that's what a good woman does. Thank you. Thank oh, you, yeah. Man. Shout out to and- my wifey, Aurelis. <laughs> But we're going to do Plastic City, uh, which is... Hey, that's a great con, too. I know my boy John uh, from there, too. Big John. He helps with that one. Uh, he Johnny also, C. Uh, yeah, bro, because he's also Roy Thomas Handler. So I know John. Oh, John Samino, yeah. Yeah, Samino. Yeah, there you go. They're awesome dude, bro. So much energy. And I remember I had bought, like, uh, a quarter of the new Teen Titans one for him on a big deal. And my PayPal wasn't going through because the internet sucked. I'm like, bro, I can't leave until I know this went to you. I was about to leave when I when I got the message. Hey, hey. I'm like, John, this is mine. Look. He goes, all right, take it out. But, Joe, shout out to John, for real. Awesome dude. Uh, I mean, that should prove to you I was in mass, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it's Plastic City. Uh, it's one of those great secrets. It uh, is. It is. It's, it's in a... a Town that you're like that doesn't exist, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. <laughs> Why did the hell is a Fitchburg? Exactly. But we'll also be down at Terrific Con, which is another. Oh, you are Metallic in Connecticut, Whippa. Yeah, we're. It's so exciting because, of course, you had to take two years off. Uh, but Terrific Con, you would think a convention and a casino would not be going as nah, well as it bro. does. That shit is fire. It I've is been there. amazing. I I've love been there twice. Ripicon. I've been there twice. I don't gamble because I'm not a gambling person. I work too hard for my money. <laughs> <laughs> but but just going from the Comic Con perspective, they do your Mitch Halleck puts on a hell of a show. And to think that's a one man show. He like he puts this shit together. So salute to Mitch. Like yo for real and the people that you get to work with you. But I know who's putting it together at the end of the day. So, Mitch, bro, salute to you. Um, my boy Bud's going to be there. And, and, and Logan, too. So, you know, watch out for my Crusaders, yo. I'm going to send them to your booth. Do you know your booth number already? I don't know my booth number yet. But uh, I'm going to keep heaping praise on Mitch because he's one of those few guys that knows how to uh, even bring in 
movie and TV yes. celebrity guests. Yes. You don't feel screwed as a comics creator no, going you don't. to this show. And even Gary Summers for a Northeast Comic Con, too. He does some fun stuff. You know, it's toys, it's comics, it's actors. I mean, thanks to Gary, I got to see the late, great, um, uh, oh, my God. Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I mean, yeah, bro. I cried that day when he passed, folks. Mm-hmm. I'll make a shit a tear for Gilbert because he was definitely one of my comedic heroes, very funny. I I cried. My wife's like, are you really crying? I'm like, bro, it's fucking Gilbert. Shut up. <laughs> yes, I fucking cried. We keep losing too many people. We just lost Josh Perez. We lost Neil Adams. I mean, and these were mainstays of those Northeast cons, you know. And mm-hmm. no, you will be missed. You know, may may God have you in, in, in His uh, glory. God bless. Thank you, guys. Neil, George, everyone that's passed for everything you've done. This is why it's important for me to talk to people like you, Jack. You're creating these universes. You're creating this entertainment, and I, I know you're gonna be one of these big future stars one day. And before I go, casework. If you had a choice of doing this on any other platform other than a comic book, what would it be? He's thinking, oh shit, wait a minute. Netflix TV show. Hey, even though they lose subscribers, it was all right. I don't care that they're losing subscribers. <laughs> like, what I love that what Netflix and Disney Plus have uh, done oh, with you, these. Mm. Uh, like, I. You may hate the companies, but what they have done with certain things like uh, culture, pop culture, like Disney pretty much owns my childhood. Uh, they own a lot of people's childhood. Yeah. Uh, but think about what Netflix was able to uh, do with their animation departments. Castlevania. Are you oh, dope? Yeah. I mean, again, Arcane. I Bro. You made video games, uh, TV shows Bro. that didn't make you want to shoot yourself. I come from a generation of anime films. Mm-hmm. I always tell this to people. So for me to see Castlevania, which is basically just an anime film broken up, <laughs> because that was not meant to be a TV series, I think, the way that it was created. No, I. it does feel like... Uh, Movie spread yeah. out. I mean, but because of people's attention span nowadays. Because I grew up with Violence Jack. I grew up with Fizzle North Star, Akira, you know, Orosukudoji, uh, Ninja Scroll, all you that shit. Show. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know what I mean? I grew up with movies. So I'm not used to the shows. Like the only show I've acclimated with that I actually enjoyed a lot of was One, one Punch Man. But again, that's also making fun of comics. You know what I mean? So that's why I like it. It's like, okay. Now you're going to create this character to make fun of our asses. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not going to hate you for that. <laughs> you're telling me you haven't watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Uh, I have not watched it. Yes, I am telling you that, Jack. And again, like I said, I have a list. <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> I have a list. I'll make it sound so limited. Because again, because, you know, it's work, podcast, vidcast, family time. And then yep. on a weekend, I have to wake up at, you know, 7 a.m., so I hook, and my wife says, why the fuck do you wake up so early on Saturday? I'm like, baby, as much as I like to hold you, I need to catch up on a lot of things. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't, you know, you're watching your things. You control the TV, please. You know, this is my quiet time to actually take notes about what I'm digging. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, 
please allow me that. I don't mind waking up. I'm used to it anyway. I wake up at fucking 5 a.m. every day for work. So for real, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Don't you worry. But Jack, yo, you've been on, but awesome. So a salute to you. Salute to the lady. You know, thank you for what you do. Folks, you've been watching Comic Crusader. So I went to the first. Keep supporting the hell out of this project. 63 hours to go. Kickstarter right now. Arcane Ink Industries, the following casework. This is one through four. You get them in print. You get them in digi. But guess what? Just throw it in and you could get them, all right? Most importantly. And you'll check out everything that the big homie has done on arcaneinkindustries.com. Dope website. Dope product. Independent to the core. That's what you got to support nowadays. It is independent golden age. I keep telling y'all that. So mm-hmm. make sure to support people like this because they are the future. These are the names that you're going to be seeing in your big two books eventually because, you know, they're going to run out of people so hard. They're going to be going like, Jack, I'm begging you. Can you write for me? DC or Marvel is going to be saying. So it's going to happen. And then Jack's going to be like, hmm, how much of a cut am I getting if I do something new? <laughs> Epa, talk about it, Jack. I know you got something to say. He's like, motherfucker, you oh. can't leave me like this. Well, you know, you know how it was after Image. It was, uh, you get yourself established through the Indies. You go, you go to the big two, but it was literally just so you can uh, get known by those big two yeah. uh, fans bases. Now they know your name, so now you're coming out. Now you now can go back to indie and kind of okay, this supports your project because oh, he worked on Marvel in DC. Okay, and, it's almost like you need that as a stamp. Oh, seal of approval and nah it's folks so many so fans yeah and by the way dc marvel you want to know why no one's creating new characters for you anymore it's because we know that we're not we don't get any cut of that yeah uh the amount of uh new characters that even just from the last few years have come out that you now have so many films and movies that you are kind of grasping at the bottom of the barrel i'm not i'm not disparaging these characters at all uh because they are absolutely wonderful but america chavez the uh going in there please don't let me get into that because as much as i enjoyed dr strange uh as the no spoilers i haven't seen it you haven't i just want to say just which is something you may know of but you know um this is supposed to be a puerto rican character and you cast a mexican person to play it and you didn't even use Puerto Rican dialect because oh. she she uses words that only Mexicans use. So it's like, okay, so you're trying to tell me she's Puerto Rican, but she doesn't even talk like us. Marvel's casting director, you're on notice. You fucking suck because you apparently have no idea of the differences and nuances of Latino characters. So and- you know what? You know what I give you? This one too. Another middle finger salute for the casting director that does not understand. Yo, I give it to 50 Cent. 50 Cent does power. And he, when he casts a Puerto Rican, he casts a Puerto Rican. When he casts a Dominican, he casts a Dominican. When he casts a Colombian, he casts a Colombian. Because even he said, yo, they talk so much different than Mexican. Thank you for noticing. And it's so, it's so, uh, I'm sorry. It's harder for me to uh, even take this. I didn't know that, but casting director. You're Marvel, which means you're Disney, which means yeah. you could have called up Lin-Manuel Miranda. And, and you're and also New, New York. York. Exactly. You're New York. 
so I mean, Marvel was in New York. So tell me, yo, how could you not know what you New Yorkers are made of? And that's what bothered me so much. I mean, she did a wonderful role. No hate. It's not her fault. She's a great actress. She did wonderful. It was fun. But even she should have said, Puerto Ricans don't talk like this. Yeah. You know, at least know that we don't say way. We don't say orale. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just don't say that shit. It's not in our context of speech. For real. No. You say that, I'm thinking Fluffy Iglesias. I'm not yeah, and, and Fluffy, oh, he Mexican, he could say all of that because, you know, that those are his words. Absolutely. No hate. I love all my Latinos because, again, that's why they killed Pedro Obiso Campos. He was trying to do the Latin Union. That's another podcast. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, I understand it. But I, I just wish the casting directors would as well because, you know, 50 Cent got it right. Um, it's important to me. You know, that Central American speech versus Caribbean speech. So, again, different, folks. Um, notice and that you, and appreciate that. And you know then that the casting director probably looks a bit like... And, and that's fine. You know, if they're Mexican, they want to cast a Mexican, but at the end of the day, the character was not that. So, you know, at least even if she wasn't well, I that... Why. <laughs> oh, I, I, also, also that, also that. But what I'm saying is that at the end of the day, understand that you know you may have cast what it was, but if this character is this, make sure that they speak in that way. That's all. Because mm-hmm. I think that uh, Spider Verse got it right with Miles Morales. You know, when 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 the Puerto Rican mom was talking, she used Puerto Rican words, or at least our dialect, New York Rican, as most people call it. And I'm like, holy shit, she sounds like my mom. She sounds like someone in my family. Thank you. Um, Little small things like that are very important. So, you know, but I I know a a creator like Jack is going to always take things like that into consideration. This is why I need you to check out his work, casework, following, Kickstarter. He returns, folks. He returns. Eva! That means he got some good shit up his sleeve. If you don't believe it, please show the love, show the support, all right? And so with that, I'm Al Mega. Thank you for tuning in to another Comic Crusaders podcast. Check out the Extended Family Undercover Capes outside the panel. Check out everybody because we're killing it. But most importantly, check out Jack Holder, bro. Ink Pug, Ink that Pub, the following, right? I need you to check out everything. Check out the website one more time. Kickstarter Projects, Arcane Ink Industries. I can't say Ink Industries. I fucking love that name. Uh, the following case are one through four. Check out the website, arcaneinkindustries.com. Not that co, not that net, dot com, folks. Show your love and tell them that Mega sent you, all right? And with that, thank you, Jack. I'm Al. Hasta la próxima. Wepa! Thank you for listening to Thank the Comic Crusaders podcast. podcast. If you like the content, like the content, subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at ComicCrusaders.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.